0: Play for free at luckylandslots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary, void, we prohibited by law 18 plus, terms and conditions apply See website for
2: details
3: We are live We've teamed
2: up with NordVPN And as you'd expect from the AOP We only work with the best Is a problem, when I'm on holiday Lanzarote most recently you might remember And I still went out and put on a show I wanted to watch it back on Match of the Day But I couldn't because I was in a different territory Solution, this little baby right here For the price of a cup of coffee each month, you can click on the app, and via their safe and secure service, it lets you set up your very own virtual private network or VPN based around the world. So it could let me log in as though I was in the UK when I'm actually not. And it's safe and secure because you're not using the hotels network that could easily be hacked and then suddenly I'm getting locked out of my iPlayer account. My son would kill me. He loves his heyduggy. You could even use it to benefit from regional flight price variations and get cheap flights the next time Arsenal are on tour. Here at the AOP, we like to help you out with great deals when possible. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash the AOP, to get a huge discount off your Nord VPN plan, plus four additional months for free. And it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Do it now.
1: We are live. We are live. How you doing,
2: Matt? How you
3: doing? I'm a little bit angry, actually, about that. Uh, I don't think I can say that about really any performance this season. I think we we, we broadly... Being good, even when the results have gone against us, but that took me back to a whole different time, and for me, it wasn't acceptable from any of them, from the from the coach, from the team. Um, and one thing I've noticed over the last uh, week or couple of weeks on Twitter is the level of excuses from Arsenal fans, uh, the protectionism around any level of criticism and i think that is a barrier to uh, becoming an elite team is when we accept substandards and that was that was pathetic frankly
1: yeah i agree with you like what what are uh, you know people take their afternoon off on a saturday to travel up to see that game um you know it's 11:30 here so it hits me right in the middle of the day it's a really awkward time and and you roll up with a uh, here are the players that i want to get rid of uh starting 11 Really hacked me off. Uh, dreadful performance. Like, or, or, you know, I could understand I, I could understand not being motivated for that game if you're a player that's been fighting for the Premier League all season. But this is your job. It D- doesn't matter what you feel like. You need to get out there and you need to perform every single game. Arteta let himself down. The players let himself down. Uh, and Nottingham Forest are now safe in the Premier League. You know, feel like we've kind of fucked with, uh, with the relegation battle a little bit by just not showing up because we didn't fancy it. So, yeah, pretty disappointing afternoon. Uh, I've got the tweet out. I think we should just uh, slam right into it. What do you think, Matt? Let's do it. mirror You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am Miraline.
2: Good morning and
1: welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm joined by a man like Matt Candela and he is not happy today, let me tell you. We've just witnessed Arsenal gift Nottingham Forest Premier League status for another season in an extremely depressing afternoon. Uh, we don't like it uh, at Nottingham Forest. It wasn't a good day out, but we are going to get right to the bottom of it because that performance stunk. Matt, how are you feeling?
3: Not happy, not happy with that. Um, feel like digging into it a bit. Um, big disappointment for me. There was only one way to end this season after the collapse, and that was with five wins in a row to make City work for it. To not even make them need a win tomorrow, embarrassing. Playing Nottingham Forest, embarrassing. Um, the defence, uh, the staunch defence of the, the sort of the anti bottlers, has is frankly. It just, it, it, it's, it's sort of fallen on deaf ears now for me because we got nine points from 24. Nine from 24. What do you want to call that? And we're not talking about... Uh, I think there's a difference between analysing the games against Liverpool, against Manchester City, against Newcastle. I'm talking about games against West Ham, Southampton, um, Nottingham Forest. Absolutely pathetic today. And I think you saw it. Five minutes to go. The Nottingham Forest uh, centre forward, chasing after every ball like his life depended on it. While we strolled around waiting for the summer, patting ourselves on the back for over- exceeding expectations. Absolutely. We didn't have a centre forward today. We didn't. We didn't. We had a. We had a. We had a, a left midfielder playing more like a number eight. It was. It was. It was an absolute disgrace today from top to bottom of the club and I, and people are going to say oh you can't say that because what about what this team have done I can say whatever I want it was pathetic it made me really angry that I
1: wasted my time watching that you know what Matt there's going to be no counterpoint here <laughs> there's no counterpoint to it if, if if anybody's expecting me to defend that mess um, they won't get it not today I was really disappointed with that You know, I thought that we put those performances behind us Manchester City don't do that when they're not in contention. Big teams don't do that when they're not in contention. I thought that, that was um, a horrible performance. But, you know, I'm Marteta's I'm biggest fan, but he, he led that. He led that performance. Everybody knew what that defence was all about today. Everybody knew what that starting eleven was about. I don't, I don't understand. It almost felt immature. It almost felt like an immature, childish thing to do. Um, so really not happy. But we've got loads of things to get through, Matt. Uh, I, I think that we should... Uh, No, no, missing around. Let's just. Hottest of
2: takes. Hottest of of takes. The AOP.
1: Hottest of takes. Make Make it spicy. Mac Candela, you started off pretty spicy. I don't know whether you can go up another three or four levels, but I can see it in your eyes that you've got something to get off your chest.
3: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit. My hottest of take is around something that Mikel Arteta talks about a lot, and that is elite mentality. That is the thing that Mikel Arteta has been tasked with bringing back to Arsenal, where he is captain of elite mentality um, but we showed zero elite mentality today and Mikel Arteta showed elite uh, showed, showed zero elite mentality as well it was an embarrassment and I think the thing about it is you don't get to choose when you play and when you don't play being elite means you show up treating every single game like it's, it's 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 a non-negotiable to win it people talk about Cristiano Ronaldo playing table tennis against Rio Ferdinand and you know he loses and he storms off doesn't talk to anyone for three days plays three days straight and then comes back and beats Rio Ferdinand that's elite mentality elite mentality is not rolling in and just basically waiting for your summer holes to start and then be like oh but we'll be back to our best next season we'll be fine next season this we're only doing this because we've had a great season and we're tired and the seat and and the title's gone you have to show up And show exactly what you're about. And I will never forget when we gave up the league. Uh, We lost the league in 2003. And then we were playing Southampton um, uh, at home, knowing the league was lost. And we absolutely smashed them 7-0. And the thing about that game was that it was the first game of a 49-game unbeaten streak. And that is elite mentality. That is when you go, we didn't achieve our goals uh, this season but we're going to start achieving them next season, starting right now. We cannot waste a single day. It's like the person who's 20 stone and eats chocolate and crisps all day and says, well, I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. I'm not going to start today. And you know what? They never do. And that's how I feel about the, the team today. It was it was Mikel Arteta taking the piss with a lineup, um, trying to be all galaxy brain. The one thing we learned today, you're not Pep Guardiola. You're not. You've got a long way to go if you want to out-galaxy-brain Pep Guardiola. Get back to basics. There are too many players who have passion and can bring the mentality that we need. Kieran Tierney bought a lot when he came on, I thought. We've got Emile Smith-Rowe on the bench. Why are you bringing on Fabio Vieira? Why are you doing it? If Smith-Rowe isn't that you don't fancy him, let him play the last two games. Fabio Vieira is doing shit. I'll tell you that right now. So um, really, really angry, really, really disappointed. Nine points from 24. Um, it's 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 it. We couldn't have, have flunked the run in more than we did. We couldn't. It, apart from the Newcastle game, it's been a complete disaster for two months.
1: Spicy, spicy indeed. My hardest to take is that was a performance. That was a starting lineup designed to tell certain players in the squad, you are no longer wanted at Arsenal. Kieran Tierney, he's saying get out. Putting Kivior at left back when you've got Kieran Tierney waiting there. Felt like a ridiculous decision to me. I mean, Kivio wasn't that bad. Um, but Thomas Partey at right back. Now we want a galaxy brain on the right back situation. Are you kidding me, Mikel? Unbelievable. Um, I don't think the. Uh, I think that was the same as putting Kieran Tierney uh, on the bench, if I'm perfectly honest. I don't think we'll see Thomas Partey here next season. I think they'll try and get rid of him in the summer. Um, you know, he's, he's seen the bench a lot since we've collapsed this run-in. Uh, didn't look up to it mentally. And now he's going to get punished. And I think if they can find someone to take that 250 grand a week, they will absolutely do it this summer. And then a final one, the one that absolutely kills me, Matt, is Emil Smith-Rowe. There was a scene when Granite Jack has come off the bench and he sits down and Emil Smith-Rowe is sitting there. He got operated on. He got his way back to fitness. There, is, there are no problems with his attitude behind the scenes. And who's coming on instead is Fabio Vieira who for me hasn't shown anywhere near the level um, that we've seen from Smith row. And it's, you know, it's disappointing. I understand that football is a, uh, is, is a tough game, but did you really need to, to, to go that harsh? It felt almost a little bit vindictive. So uh, I'm, I'm just sad that Arteta used the end of the season after a collapse to, to make a statement to the players, because he's not making a statement to ownership. He's not asking for more money. He's already got the money. He's getting back this summer. We're in for Declan Rice we're probably in for Kai Soda. There's going to be a big amount of money spent. That was all around telling those players, call your agent right now and say, get me out of here because I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to deal with this cold shoulder next season. So, And um, there's,
3: there's, there's one more swear to that, I think, which is Eddie and Nketiah. How can Eddie put in a worse performance up top than Gabby Jesus? Like, it's, it's, it's impossible to, be, to play worse
1: as a number nine than Gabby Jesus is playing. Impossible. I, I agree. I agree. Gabby Jesus has been absolutely awful. He's been awful since you brought it up. <laughs> since you brought it up, and I got pelters for it, and everyone telling me that you you know, having a number nine that doesn't score goals is actually the way forward. Um, we don't have a number nine at the moment. He's more interested in in dropping deep, playing out wide, and it's costing us. We need a we need a, a, a striker that occupies defenders, and I think Mikel Arteta is going to have to look at that striking position with some urgency in the summer because clearly he doesn't fancy Eddie. Feels like Eddie has um, lost his appeal since he um, missed those chances against Manchester City. Feels like that was uh, it's been done and dusted since then. So we could see a, a bit of a striker exodus this summer because I don't think uh, U.S. Men's National Team fo- um, Flo Balligan is gonna accept being on the bench next season. I don't think Arteta is really interested in him. So yeah, rough afternoon. Um, but let's get on to our um, let's get on to our uh, our first topic today. I've got mad defense. It would be mad to defend Arsenal today. Um, but, Matt, have you seen a, a crazier um, configuration of defenders all season? And do you think it is a little bit weird that Mikel Arteta only now decides to play about with that right back position um, when he's got enough players to do the job? Like, what did you make of the defensive lineup today? Uh, how bad was it? had no idea what he was doing when I saw the team sheet. It was just like, are we playing three at the back?
3: Who's playing fullback? How's this all working? Why are we doing it? It makes no sense. I think with two games to go um, and all the rumours that Kieran Tierney's off, um, do one of two things, you know. Um, I, I, I would have given Kieran Tierney minutes uh, and given him the chance to say have, have a proper goodbye um, if you want to go down that route. Or, um, but it's just our best left-back option. Why would you play anyone else there? makes no sense. Uh, we don't need to see if Kirill can play left-back right now. It's pretty clear that he couldn't, um, in my opinion. Uh, and that may change with, with, on the training field. And then the right-back debacle. I mean, if you're going to play someone who we haven't seen all season play there, play like a Raw waters. Let us see a, a youngster come in to get behind and support, because then it doesn't matter. It's a free, it's, it, it's a free hit. But to play Thomas party, everything was all over the place at the back. I don't understand what the point was, what we were doing. What, I don't know what the strategy of this game was. Was the strategy to try things out ahead of next season? Well, we got all pre-season for that. The only strategy had to be to win the game and force Manchester City to need to beat Chelsea tomorrow. That is the only outcome. It's, we're, we're still we're playing real matches here. It's not pre-season. It's not let's all have a galaxy brain moment and enjoy it. It's get three points. There are paying people going to that game to see Arsenal perform. And it looked um, he looked like a it looked like a he looked like an egomaniac, um, in my opinion, Arteta. And he's been much, much better this season. He's been fantastic this season. But that was that was from another, that was from last season. That, that was from this season
1: before last. Uh, and I didn't like it one little bit. Matt, I don't know whether I'm being too dramatic here. And I'm obviously feeling a bit emotional after that game. But the, the sort of the statement selection to you know, get under the skin of players that he wants to know he doesn't want this season. I do sometimes wonder, how does that reflect? Now, Tom, Thomas Partey is clearly not, not in his good graces now. And he puts him at right back. Thomas Partey cannot be good at right back in training. Because he was absolutely awful today, he looked um, he looked vulnerable. Um, he looked really out of place. He looked like he'd been asked to put on goalkeeper gloves. He was absolutely appalling. Smith Rowe is a popular figure at the dressing room. You know, we've seen players singing his song, and he sits on the bench. And I, I know, I know, because I've been told people are baffled by it um, at the at the training ground. And then. Kieran Tierney doesn't get looking, and I do wonder. Like I, I, everybody loves the idea of ruthlessness. Everybody used to love it. Oh, Jose Mourinho ruthless, Conte ruthless. But sometimes, you know, nowadays with this young squad, it does feel like um, that was. It's very transactional. Thomas Partey goes from our most important midfielder to on the way out inside three months. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe goes from an absolute fan favorite, first name on the team sheet kind of player. To on the way out and i just wonder whether like does that sort of rankle at players the do, do they talk about it are they like well listen three bad games and i'm out the door um or do, you know you spoke about elite mentality is you know can you can you go can you get beyond that like what do you, what do you think about the the implications for how that how that um lands in the culture because a culture has to be a two-way thing right there has to be some sort of loyalty in there somewhere along the way
3: yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with the ruthlessness. I think that's that can be part of a mentality of a football club. And you look at it and you go, "Look, Carl Walker got benched for Rico Lewis for months. You know, it's not abnormal." But the difference is, you have got the player who's got to, who comes in has got to be able to perform, um, and it's got to be a meritocracy. That for me is the big piece. You've got to have it when those moments where when the player goes oh, I'm dropping fours, uh, there's someone coming in. Then um, the thing about uh some of the ruthlessness it feels like some players just aren't getting a chance um like and then and then on the other ones it's like like I look at the Gabby Jesus uh I just don't understand how he can't be dropped in the last 10 games he had, I mean he's not recovered from he hasn't come back from his injury he's played one decent half of football really that's it maybe two halves of football and I don't that's not a meritocracy because there's no way that um there shouldn't be we shouldn't be trying something new up top, whether it Martinelli as nine, whether it be Eddie at nine, whether it be Smith Rovers a false nine, something. So it doesn't appear to be and then and then the other the other person is Zinchenko. You know, I love Zinchenko. He adds so much to our game. But I mean, form wise, you'd have to argue Kieran Tierney has deserved a couple of starts in the league, but didn't get them, only got them when Zinchenko was injured. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's not, 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 not ideal.
1: Okay, um, I have to do a little ad break. Maybe we'll do it while your sirens are going. We're going to head into the break.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chompocasino.com.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: And we're back. Um, overplayed starting 11 is my next topic because Mikel Arteta has overplayed the same 11 all season. He's very bad at rotation. There was a chart that came out that we are Um, one of the worst teams in the Premier League for rotating our players. Manchester City are inside the top four for being uh, one of the bigger rotation um, teams. Manchester City still look fit and fresh heading into the final two months of the season. Arsenal don't. Arsenal's uh, biggest injury issue came from William Saliba. It was uh, an an injury associated with playing too many games. Um, Thomas Partey played all the games and was outstanding. Best number six in the league for large chunks of the season and then he just faded um, towards the end. Didn't break down like he normally does Um, but it's hard to see past fatigue being part of that equation Um, and we have tended to only explore different players in the squad when we're forced to and the thing that rotation does is it gives you control over when you bring players into the mixer. You bring Eddie and Nketiah in for a Southampton game. You bring Kivior in for a Southampton game. You don't wait until you've got an injury problem to test them out. It's controlled environment versus forced environment. Um, Matt, this has been a problem for multiple seasons. And we always say, we don't have the squad. We don't have the squad. This is our test squad now. He doesn't like to rotate, and quite often, when these players come in, they do a good job. Kivio should have been in from the very start of the Saliba injury issue. He wasn't, and then he came in, and we ter- turned out that he was more competent than Rob Holding. Matt, is this a is this a permanent bug in Arteta's system? Like, can he get over this? Because if he doesn't rotate players next season, when we've got Champions League, we're we are screwed. What do you think?
3: I think um, <laughs> what he's doing is not abnormal. You know, Arsene Wenger used to do the same, right? You well, know, Arsene Wenger used to get loads of injuries. he used to find his best team and then used to go and and, and play. And I think, um, and I think you know, you look at the, the example of City, and it's because they've got much better players, second string players, who they can bring in that doesn't uh, that doesn't uh, reduce the quality of their of their play. But I do think there have been opportunities to play. Uh, to rotate a little bit more. I think Reece Nelson is an example of a player who could have taken some games. Uh, Smith Rowe, obviously an example of a player who could play some games. Kieran Tierney should have played more games. Um, Kirior should have come in earlier. Uh, Tommy Yasu should have played more games when Ben White was on that incredible run of form because it just would have allowed him to... to to give Ben White a a break. Ben White looks absolutely cooked right now. Looks just looks like he's gone from being the best right back in the league to looking like a mid table right back. If that. Um, So, yeah, I think we've got to do it. Um, I think we need better players. Um, But yeah, no, there's there's nothing to to say we, we shouldn't be doing it. And I, that's the thing about today. There was a real opportunity to play a couple of different
1: players and
3: yeah, really, really disappointing.
1: Yeah, it is disappointing. I, I, and I just had this concern that Arteta is like, well, when a player's on form, you've just got to play them, play them, play them, play them. Like he bought Jorginho and didn't rotate him with Thomas Partey when he should have. Now you've got somebody that's won a Champions League. He's more than capable of playing centre midfield for for Arsenal, especially against some of the weaker sides. And he just doesn't go for it. And I don't know. Like I, I, I thought that after the the Asu issues last year, the Thomas parties, the the, the Kieran Tierney issues, I thought that he'd learn, but he, he, he hasn't. And I don't know whether I don't know whether he's going to. And everyone's like, "Well, he needs he needs more players that he can trust in the squad." I'm like, he signs these players. How many how many players in the squad aren't his these days?
2: Yeah, Not the,
3: many.
1: Granit the, Xhaka. The, the,
3: the biggest one for me is Smith Rowe, and I, maybe we'll come on to it separately. But why are you playing Georginio and Party in the same team? Why when there's no reason not to play Smith-Rowe now? And the best thing about it for Arteta is that if Smith-Rowe drops a stinker today and on Sunday against Wolves, then it's there for everyone to see that he just hasn't got the, the form to be in his team right now. And everyone can be like, well, you know, those last two games. But he's just not being given any opportunity. It's, it's just bizarre to me. And then, and then Fabio Vieira coming on ahead of him, who has done nothing for Arsenal not saying he's not going
1: to make it, but... It well, looks that's the thing. It's like, um, Jay Zeus comes back from a four-month injury layoff and he's given all the games in the world to get back to form. And he hasn't. He hasn't got anywhere near it. Smith-Rowe comes back from surgery. He gets nothing. Absolutely nothing. That weird story went out about him being coached as a number eight this season. Please. it's not being coached as a number eight. He's being coached to get out of the club. And it just... It, 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 it feels like he's being treated badly and i understand that there's concerns about his availability but i don't know like if you don't think he's good enough play him on the pitch and let him see or if you want to sell him why don't you sell him when it looks like he's wanted you know who's going to come in with a 50 million pound bid for smith row now when he's when arteta has made it very very clear that he's not at the level just feels quite disappointed. It feels like we've tanked the value of some of these players or a little bit or made it easy um, for other clubs to come in with a low bid.
3: Yeah, Smith Row was a 70 million player a year ago. And now this its very, very sad.
1: It is very sad. It is very sad. And I, I, I just think somebody with that goal scoring prowess could, uh, could have been useful in some of those games. Just seems like a, a, a bit of a self inflicted wound. All right, um, let's talk about let's talk about Thomas Partey, Matt. I know that we've kind of touched on him a little bit. Uh, he's gone off the rails. We'll Keep on going back to that game where he is wobbling his own head because he was playing so poorly. Um, what do you make of Thomas Partey's form? Um, what do you make of the the statement move today? And if Arteta wants him out, is anybody going to touch Thomas Partey? with some of the baggage that he's got associated with him uh, and that astronomical uh, transfer fee that he's got. Uh, look, transfer fee, sorry, the, the wages.
3: Look, I don't know about you or anyone in the comments, but I'm having a really hard time assessing any player right now um, because we've had this wonderful three quarters of a season and then we've had an absolutely shocking quarter of a season. And I know that the way we, we did so well in the first three quarters that, you know, the bleed out on the last quarter is only catching up with us now. But it's been a full quarter of a season. We got nine points from four nine out of 24 points. You know, that's a, that's, that's a quarter of the season, basically. Um, and so it's, it's like, oh, we just weren't very good for the last few games. It's no, no, the, the last quarter of the season without any other cup competitions. And the problem I've got is that I'm looking at all these players and I'm like, well, how are we judging them? Are we judging them on the first three quarters or are we judging them on the last quarter? Because if we're judging them on the last quarter, I'm like, Ben White's not good enough. Um, Erdegaard has been, you know, he keeps giving the ball away, (laughs) letting opposition score. Saka, since the interlow has been poor. Gabby Jesus, poor. So I think we're only, all we can do really is judge them on the first three quarters of the season. But I'm sort of concerned about that because I'm like, which, which one is it? Thomas Part is the same. I mean, it's not, we're, we're piling in on him because the drop-off has been so significant. But it's also partly because he's in a position where that drop-off is, is more visible. Uh, and also because when he makes a mistake, then you know, we've got no control over the game. So I don't think he's necessarily been that much worse than any other players. It just feels like everyone has just had this such a significant drop off from a performance standpoint. Um, and 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 I, and I don't. It sort of feels weird to go. Oh, we've got to get rid of Thomas Party because he's been poor in the last twenty five percent. But we're not going to judge any. We're not going to. We're not going to. We're not talking about Ben White here, who looks absolutely cooked. Just 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 you know stick a stick a fork in him. He's done at the moment. Saka, you know, can't beat a Forest fullback all game, not once, not once. You know, and I, lo- I love these players, so I don't think it's. So I think the reality is, we've just burnt them into the ground, and and we and it's going to be really, really difficult to judge to judge any of them, particularly. I don't know. That's not a great answer. It's just I don't think we can suddenly say Thomas Partey's been terrible, and ev- everyone has been terrible. For the last 25% of the season. That's basically it. No one is coming out of this phase with any
1: credit. And not I honestly one. think freshness is a major, major issue. And fan, like so many fans, I say, Arsenal don't rotate enough. And so many fans are like, no, that's not right. Please, honestly, it's the, what's the major difference between Arsenal and Manchester City? They rotate and we don't. You cannot play players in every single game. And you can't, like, Arteta is almost like some of the, the people online that have absolutely no clue about any of this. And they beat their chests and they're like, Arteta says that you should be able to play 70 games at the highest level. It's like, I know Arteta does. But look what happens on the pitch. Look at what's the consistent thread with the players that are dipping in form at the moment. They play every single game and they never get a rest. We don't even have Europe or Cup games this season. It's absolutely appalling.
3: Well, someone in a WhatsApp group um, made a point and they said, we haven't played well. We haven't put together many coherent performances since the World Cup, since the World Cup. And I was like, that is bullshit. That is absolute nonsense to say that. And then I went to write a, uh, a response and I went back and had a look. And we've played... We played six good games since the World Cup. We played West Ham, Brighton, Man United, Spurs, Palace and Fulham. We had some incredible moments. Last minute winners against Bournemouth, against Villa. Um, But in terms of like complete performances, the likes of which Manchester City do every week, six games, six games since the World Cup. And, you know, that's without any cup competitions as well. And so it's just an interesting counterpoint to say that we've had, we had the most incredible set of performances up until the World Cup, post-World Cup, which makes sense, you know, fatigue, all those games and everything else, but six games that have been really top-notch in terms of quality from first minute to the 90th. Well, I mean,
1: I can't screen share because I've got a work computer that... uh everything's locked out so I'll have to work that out but I'm looking at um I'm looking at the table since January 1st I don't know I don't know whether post-world Cup really plays in too hard but Manchester City have got the most points since January 1st but it's only 11 more I, I mean it's only it's 11 <laughs> more than Arsenal Aston Villa have got more points uh, than Arsenal <laughs> as well but interestingly the two you know just, just for because there are always um, uh, the sports science people that were well, sports science people that think they know what they're talking about. Um, the the teams that have dipped quite substantially in the second half of the season. Arsenal sit third after absolutely romping the first half of the season. They don't rotate a, a lot. Um, Spurs don't rotate a lot, and they are eleventh um, in the table since the new year. And um, two other teams that uh, Manchester United have rotated a lot, but just because they've had a lot of injuries, but Newcastle don't rotate a lot. And since January, they'd be sixth in the league, which is quite interesting. So, you, you know, you're kind of seeing, uh, you know, you kind of seeing the magic of Unai Emery in there, but w- there's definitely been a post-World Cup dip. Um, and you have to, you have to also say, listen, Saliba was part of that post-World Cup dip as well. He wasn't great. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's uh, let's talk about um, moving moving forward, Matt. Like you've got a big summer ahead. Three, you know, two months ago, I would have said three or four players, and we're absolutely cooking next season. Knowing that we've overplayed certain players and fatigue could be part of this equation. How many changes do you think are needed this summer? Like, are we are we, are we looking at? two or three, or are we looking at more wholesale changes? Are we getting a little bit over overcooked ourselves um, and not putting the full season in context?
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's really difficult to tell. I think it's really difficult to tell because it's there's like a recency bias. You know, it's difficult to... Everything just feels like... I can remember April and May really, really well. Those amazing performances in January against Manchester United and Spurs feel... A long way away right now. Like I look at a position like right back, and I go, Ben White to me looks like someone who, ever, anytime he's up against like a pace merchant, could really struggle. Because Marcus Rashford basically took him out of the game against Man United. Mitoma had him on toast, and now he looks like someone that you could target from a pace standpoint. But that might not be accurate. It might just be that that's just how I'm 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 perceiving it now based on the last few games. But If I was going to say anything, I'd say we're going to need a right back. And then we're going to, and then Ben White can deputize and then fill in at center half. And when I say deputize, I mean play half the games at right back. But I think we need a right back. And I think that I'm coming around to this idea of Cancelo for right back. Um, I think we need two central midfielders. I think we need a Rice and a Casado. Um, Rice, Sado, all the way. Rice, I think we need, um, a right winger who can take minutes off saka and like, we could go cheap we could go Zaha. just someone to just 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 fill in you know just 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 take 700 minutes off saka he paid 3000 minutes 1000 more than jack grealish 2000 more than phil foden um and then i think we need a big number 9 and uh, and it doesn't have to be a first choice it could be a i'm also thinking being realistic i think it could be a calvert lewin you know they need to play 15 games and come off the bench, score some corners. Um, but yeah, you're looking at a right back, you're looking at uh, two midfielders, a right winger, and a striker. That's five players, and ideally you'd, you, you you get a, you get a left back as well because Ciringani going to be off. So um, yeah, it's it's six players this summer, I think,
1: minimum. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to get into mine first, but. We've got Matt Hayes in from a Tottenham blog, putting a smiley face on our YouTube channel. Matt, the absolute nerve. A Tottenham fan, after getting spanked by Brentford, after slipping out of European places, is on here to gloat. We're second. It doesn't matter what happens now. We're second this season. We're so far ahead of where Spurs is. You just see... One of your last games of Harry Kane and you're on an Arsenal blog. Oh, my God. Uh, dear, dear. Absolutely makes me laugh. All right. Back off. Uh, Shameless. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Matt. OK, um, here's what here's where I think we're going to go. And I, I kind of I, 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 we need a right back. We need a we need a right back. It needs to be somebody that can handle pace. I don't think Ben White has a pace problem, but I think in certain games against the elite of the elite pace merchants, he's not he's no Carl Walker. Um, put it that way. I think that we are going to sign. Um, I think we're going to look at a striker. I, I don't see how we avoid it now, and and not not just because uh, like Eddie's had a difficult season. I think Eddie's a really good striker. I just think that we don't have an option. We don't have a different type of. Stri- we don't have a striker that wants to occupy defenders. We we don't have an Ivan Tony, and we need someone like an Ivan Tony. There's rumours that Dusan Vlahovic is on the market again this summer. Um, you know, if we don't want to go for Tony because of all of the betting scandals, um, I think we need a, a right winger. Musa Diaby looks absolutely electric. He is a pace merchant. He is, you know, almost the same speed as um, Mudrik. He's got a lot more experience. He's got massive output, and um, you know, he, he, he's he's relentless. Top seven in Bundesliga for sprints. I think that we need at least two midfielders. I think probably three. If you get if you're getting rid of Jacker and Thomas Partey, you need Rice, Caicedo, and you probably need a Madison, a Tielemans, or a Mason Mount. Um, I don't think anybody's coming through the youth ranks, um, but that is a big change. That's a big change, and I, I don't, I don't know how you make that many changes to the starting eleven and hit the ground running next season. You know, we've just learned to play with Thomas Partey, and he's probably going to go. Granted, Jacker is out already. Like those are two integral players. Do they have the weaknesses? Absolutely. But our football is kind of Thomas Party's been a linchpin. I don't think Tom football. I don't think
3: Thomas Party's going. I think it's
1: I think it's too it's many too changes. Much, too too much change. Too much change. Yeah. And then we're gonna need an, another left back. And I, I don't know where they're gonna go with that. Do you go for a, a reincarnation of Zinchenko? Or do you want a power and pace merchant, perhaps with better delivery than Kieran Tierney? Um like because I think Pep Guardiola is looking for a more direct um, left back option this summer, so I, I guess I guess we'll see. But I think, um, and I, I, I think we might need uh, a different backup goalkeeper as well. I don't understand why we've got an incredible shot stopper, but somebody that's not amazing with the ball at their feet. Feels like if we're going to put pressure on Aaron Ramsdale next season, you might need a goalkeeper that's more of a sweeper keeper. I think David Rea... Is on a on a free transfer, and uh, you know we, we were in for him in the past. Don't know whether he hits the level, but uh, maybe he'd be interested in being a cup goalkeeper next season. Who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, and I, I wanted to talk about uh, I wanted to talk about a player that wasn't on the pitch today, but he seems to have grown in stature just in the few games that he's been out. Uh, Martinelli, how much do we miss him? His direct runs, um, his doggedness and his ability to finish. Trossard looked very off the ball um, today. He didn't look like the the player that we signed originally. His form with no Martinelli in the side. I mean, there were questions when uh, Trossard first came that he would keep Martinelli out of the side. Uh, I don't know whether that's going to be the case heading into next season. We really miss him. What do you think about that, Matt? We really miss him. I think he's been underrated. You know, all the talks being Saka and
3: Erdegaard, but you know, when you look at the season as a whole, including the last twenty-five percent, which has been a fucking disaster, he's probably the, only, the he's probably the only player who's who's who has has retained his reputation in full. He's the one player who didn't see any dip. I love him. I absolutely love him. He's he's. I'd, I'd I'd go so far as to say right now he's the first choice in the front three. First
1: first choice in the front three. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think you're wrong. Um yeah, we, we've certainly missed him. We've missed his goals. What an incredible season he's had. I mean, I would like to sort of finish out on a on on a little bit of positivity because I feel like this has been all negative, and we don't actually have a lot of good to talk about after today because it was so bad. Um, but Manchester City have Haaland, somebody that's broken a record for goal scoring. I think Manchester City have assembled the perfect team. There are no weaknesses there. They've got an amazing squad. They've had an incredible run. It's no shame to miss out to Manchester City. Maybe it's a bit of a shame, uh, the the nine points out of 24 or whatever you've been saying at the start of the show. But there are a lot of positives um, to come out of the season so far. Uh, Martinelli, um, Erdegaard and Saka had outrageous output this season. Um, Have you got any other positives that you want to talk about? Like What are you excited for heading into next season?
3: Well, look, I think it's, it's... This isn't on the whistle for the Nottingham Forest game, which is why there's been a lot of negativity. It's not been a season review. From a season review standpoint, we've come on leaps and bounds, and there are so many positives. You know, Aaron Ramsdale's a positive for me. He he He's really stepped up this season. Yes, there's still a few errors in the system, but his distribution's top quality, his character's top quality. He's pulled off incredible saves. Yeah. People used to say he doesn't pull off any amazing saves that you wouldn't expect him to where he's got save of the month in the last two months I believe you know Zinchenko adds so much and build up again has some weaknesses but adds so much Saliba best young defender in the world
1: Gabriel stepped up in the world Matt where would you put Saliba in the grand scheme of all defenders
3: I'd put him in the top five
1: top five you think he's going to sign the new deal
3: I think he will but I think it's going to cost us a lot of money and we've got to get it done Right back, Ben White's been great. You know, there's always room for an upgrade. Thomas Partey's had an incredible season. I think he, he's, done, he's done enough to, to deserve another season. Um, but we need to get better players around him. who um, can take some minutes off his legs. We have got in uh, Erdegaard, Saka and Martinelli, you know, three, player, three of the best players in the league. We, in Saka and Martinelli, we've got the two players who are better than what Manchester City have got in their position. That's how good those two are. We, we, they're better. Saliba, Saka, Martinelli are the three players who get into Manchester City's first 11. In my opinion, those three. That's it right now. We've got to get more. But Erdegaard is pushing. He will because De Bruyne is older and, and will fade. And then we've got four players who are getting into Manchester City's first 11. We need to get to six. Because when we've got six, we've got more players than them who are better. Um, that's the crucial number for me. How are we going to get from three to six? That's how we should be looking at the summer signings. That's why it's not about just buying Manchester City uh, handoffs. It's about identifying new players. You can go and be that level. Um,
1: I mean, I would take a handoff if it was Cancelo to add depth.
3: I would, I would. But I don't think you're then saying Cancelo's would get into the City team at right back. I think if they let him go, it's because they don't think he's as good as what they've got.
1: Yeah, I mean, debatable. Debatable. I think he didn't react well Carl, to Carl, not be. Carl, Carl Walker's Carl Walker best right back in the league. Yeah, okay. Uh, I like Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been this season. It's very difficult <laughs> to argue it this season. Carl Walker's getting on, though. God. I mean, his pace and his um the longevity in the game is the frustrating incredible. thing for me about Smith Rowe is I feel like Smith Rowe
3: has got the capability of being a better Grealish um, with elite coaching, and you'd think that the position he played um, that Mikel Arteta would be able to transform him into into that player. Um, we need a we need a striker, um, but yeah, there's 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 a ton to be positive about, but. Um, yeah, it's just it's just been a real. I mean, Ooh, I know janky everyone hates last two months. Well, I know everyone hates the word bottling, and I I don't like it either because it sounds unduly negative. But I mean, we've crumbled under the pressure because that's just what happened, and and you know we we went into the run in with ten of our first choice eleven. So it wasn't injuries, <laughs> it was fatigue and an injury, but that's not enough of a reason, in my opinion, to drop points. So. Yeah, yeah. It's we just got to call it what it is. Yeah, agree
1: with that. I think the I I think the positivity is when we were fighting for something, and when we're fresh, there there aren't there there is only one team that can defeat us, and that is a very young team. Then that there's one last there's one last hurdle, there's one last monster in the closet, and that's beating Manchester City. And if we can do that next season, then we've got a really good chance of competing for the league for the long run.
3: I mean, we've got a couple of bogey teams still. Nottingham Forest away from home is a bogey <laughs> team now. they're going to be know. back. They're going to uh, be back. And then, and then, uh, hopefully Everton go down, so we don't have that bogey team. And then Brighton, you know, we've lost to them three th- at home the last three th- three years. So we've got to um, we've got to figure Brighton out at home, and we've got to figure City at home and away, and we've got to figure out Forest out away. Other than that, I think there is no one who we have
1: a history of. Failing against. I do think it's uh, like a lot of people are in the comments and it's like they hired and they come out and they're like, oh, Arteta, generational coach. Mate, he's second in the Premier League. The youngest, the, the, the youngest team that is still in the Premier League, because Southampton have gone down. We have the sixth highest wage bill in the Premier League and we're second. We're back in the Champions League. Like Arteta is a generational coach. People need to get it through their thick heads. He is absolutely the best young coach in the world. He's not he's not Guardiola though that's the reality but who is Guardiola no one when Manchester City lose Guardiola and I tell you if they if they get into the Champions League um if they get into the Champions League medal situation if they win uh the the clock starts on Pep Guardiola because I, I don't think he's gonna stay I, I, I think it's a surprise that he's been there this long he just needs one more trophy and when he goes there's going to be a dip and then this young Arsenal side, if we recruit really well in this summer, Arteta said, if we nail it this summer, then we will be there to take the crown. And that's the way that we've got to focus. You know, Manchester City aren't going to be perfect forever. This young team will get better. They're, they're, they're learning winning IP this season. They're, got, they're, right, I've they're got learning one how to sustain the trophy. So, one more uh, big positive.
3: What? No more Thursday night football. Fucking hell, I've hated that. Um, oh
1: yeah but, no more um, i agree
3: and i think we've sort of glossed over that because it, we've su- surpassed that goal which is a testament to how good the season's been because that was the goal but i'm so excited i mean people are going oh i don't i don't want to end up in pot three i'm like i'm happy to be in pot three more big games more excitement uh you know i don't think we're going in there to win it next season but it, it's just going to be a wonderful time There's no one that we should be scared of. Champions League music. I can't wait. I can't can't wait. wait. There's no one to be scared of. And the thing about the Thursday is, it ruins everything
1: because then all your games are on Sunday and weird times. And uh, now we can call our Spurs friends and say, Ah, it's Thursday, and they'll say, Oh, we weren't even good enough to get into the Conference League, and that's going to be beautiful. That's going to be beautiful. Call whatever that guy's name was. Hayes. Matt. Matt from the Spurs blog. I'm going to call him up. Matt, drop your number in in the DMs and let me call you on Thursday nights this year because you're not getting European football, which is masterful. And I do think, you know, there's, again, a few people in the comments saying, oh, Arteta's bottled it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what, what coach do you want, guys? Which coach? It was Graham Potter. Where's Graham Potter? It was Conte. Where's Conte? It was Mourinho. Where's Mourinho? It was Carlo Ancelotti. Where's Carlo Ancelotti? There, are, there is, there is no better manager to be leading Arsenal at the moment. And the one big concern that I do have is that Manchester City will come calling for Arteta when Guardiola goes. Um, and I just hope that he's sensible enough to pass up that opportunity uh, until a later date, because um, that that really would put a, a wrench in a, in our conditions as a as a top club. All right, Matt. We've done forty seven minutes. Not bad considering how awful that day was. We've got an AOP. AOB, do you have any other business today?
3: Well, we've got one more game, right? Wolves. And um, I really hope that the sun is shining and that we're able to put on a show. I think we will. I think it'll be at home. I think it's going to be a party atmosphere. Let's end in a high. Um, so that's that. Let's just uh, go and get that done. We'll obviously be in the week. We will. I'm going back for that game. I'm excited um, to go and cheer the team on and for those people who think, oh, it's been unduly negative, you know, it's not. It's it's just part of, you know, in- interrogating the game that happened today, and we'll, we will do a full season full season review and wind up and all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, excited for that. Let's just end on a high. Nine from twenty four, not good enough, but let's get twelve from twelve and
1: 12 and twenty seven. Yeah, my uh, my many other businesses. It's going to be a busy summer. Arteta is being backed. We're going to spend a lot of money. There's going to be some ins and outs, and we can sleep well because we know that Arsenal's talent ID has generally been acceptable. Not too many misses. Um, so it will be an exciting summer. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep the Patreon going. We're going to try and show up twice a week. We're going to be doing a night shift looking at other people's transfer business and a normal podcast where we're talking about what we're doing. Uh, there's going to be some preseason games. Um, we'll probably do one for. It. We'll probably do something from New York at some point. Lots of exciting things coming up. Um, but if you are listening to this on the podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. Say something nice because we came out after a horrible, horrible game and uh, pat yourself on the back. It's been a good season. You've been brilliant at supporting the podcast, even better at supporting the team. And we are on the way up. We're disappointed about finishing second. Let that sink in, people. Let that sink in. All right, I will say Cheerio on that note. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.